Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. This week has been an unusual week. Many things have happened, and they're different from things that have been happening and happened last year at this time and the year before. Uh, a lot of new things on the table to talk about, to explore, to reveal, to identify. So let's get to it. The first thing we have to start with, and I would be remiss if I did not, is this hullabaloo between the CIA, the FBI, and whether the Russians hacked the Democrats during the campaign. Uh, I can't believe the two major spy spy agencies, police enforcement agencies, uh, the CIA and the FBI are at odds. And if they are at odds in reality, they should have sat down behind closed doors and saw where their differences were and tried to work it out before it went public. We look like a bunch of asses to the world, as we have been looking in the last couple of years, where we don't seem to make the right decisions at the right time. Uh, now we're going to have hearings, and the issue is going to be studied hard whether the Russians did hack the Democrats. Let me say this. Everyone hacks everyone else. Every major nation in the world hacks each other. The United States, we hack Canada. We hack Mexico. We hack England. We hack France. We hack Italy. We hack Russia. We all do it against each other because we want to know what the hell the opposition's doing, even our friends. Uh, but in this situation, you don't go as far as the Russians did if they did this. And that is you don't get involved in an election and then reveal only certain information which will adversely affect one party, as it may have done here with regard to Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. I would be, I can't wait to find out uh, if the Republican Party was also hacked, uh, but not provided with, none of the information about the hacking was revealed. This would give credence to the thought that Putin was trying to influence our election, and he may very well have influenced it. I have a concern here to share with you, the FBI. I've always been a supporter of the FBI. I am a retired attorney. I worked with the FBI on many cases. I worked against the FBI on many cases. Always a good organization, by the book, methodical, step by step. This James Comey, though, is making me wonder uh, if things have changed. First, it was Hillary's emails when he came out with them. Uh, and then he had the second round of email things. Well, I don't know if anything's wrong, but we got this other batch of emails. What he did was unheard of, never done before in the history of this nation. Uh, the rules of the game for the FBI was within 60 days of an election, you keep your mouth shut till after the election. And in the end, what have they come up with? Nothing. All right. Uh, now we've got this issue between the CIA and the FBI. And again, it's Comey's department that is coming up opposed to the CIA and other intelligence groups. As far as I understand it, the FBI is the only uh, intelligence group in our government that, is, that does not believe the Republicans I'm sorry, the Russians were hacking, or there's insufficient proof. Because apparently the FBI is saying we've got to have enough evidence to convict beyond a reasonable doubt. 
Well, that's not their job all the time. They are not in the courtroom deciding this case. So this is a mess. The quicker we get to it, the better, because we are now going to be in cyber wars. They have been going on, and wars in the future may be fought that way. Uh, That's just the way it is. Now, let me tell you why I think one of the reasons this has happened to us, uh, and it has nothing to do with the political parties, Russia or anybody else, it's the fault of the Congress of the United States. If you check, you will find for the last several years, our computer systems have not been upgraded. Well, there's not enough money in the budget this year. We don't have to do it this year. Put it off till next year. And then it was put off till next year the next year. Not only the computer updates, but also uh, the security systems. They haven't been updated in ages. No wonder we're getting hacked. We're easy to hack. And this, again, is Congress's fault because they spent the money someplace else instead of spending a few dollars here to keep the security level where it should be. I want to talk about something now that I have talked about so much, and no one else talked about it. I was a voice in the wilderness. I hate I'm putting it that way, but I was a voice in the wilderness, and I was beginning to think maybe I'm wrong on this whole thing. But it broke in the last two weeks, the issue. What am I talking about? I'm talking about robots and artificial intelligence. Robots and artificial intelligence replacing jobs where men work, men and women work. Uh, I have spoken about it heavily on this show and in my morning blogs for the last six months. No one in the campaign on either side addressed the issue that robots and artificial intelligence would be replacing uh, humans in the workplace. And I thought we should be talking about that because where are the people who have been replaced going to get jobs? We don't have enough jobs now. We've got to be thinking ahead several years ahead before something hits so we can figure out where's where are we going to put these people to work everyone's got to work they have to earn a dollar but we don't have it i talked about this on my radio show this show two years ago i wrote a lengthy newspaper column on this and a local newspaper four years ago now all of a sudden in the past two weeks we're getting bombarded by the media it's in the news all the time this has become an issue Uh, Now, I have given you examples in the past how how this is working right now. Certain automobile companies uh, on the line where the cars are put together, they don't have you. They have three human beings, supervisors, and they got 20, 30, 40, 50 robots, each with 13 fingers, I think, on each hand, who put specific parts in the car at a certain spot. These robots have replaced 30, 40, 50, 60 workers on each line. Okay, where do those workers go? They're out of work. Uh, Then uh, I have spoken to you also about McDonald's. In about a year and a half, when you go through (laughs) the outside window at McDonald's to pick up your cheeseburgers and your fries and your soda and and pay your bill, you're not going to have a human being over there. There's going to be a robot in the window giving you, you uh, whatever you ordered and your change. Who's, and this is the poorest-paying job in the country working at McDonald's. Now, who's going to replace those low-paid Where are those low-paid workers going to find work? The best, though, is what was announced yesterday. I love this, and this really is scary, but it shows where man is going with artificial intelligence. I'm talking now about Amazon. Amazon announced yesterday 
that it has launched its first Amazon Go store. Amazon Go store. What's an Amazon Go store? This is terrific. It depends how you look at it, of course. The customer walks in the store, looks around, sees what he wants, he or she wants, picks it up, and walks out of the store. Never communicates with a human being, never gives anyone a credit card, never pays anyone anything. As the customer goes through the door with the item that they are buying, there is an RFID. It's called an RFID tracking system. I I think it's in the form of a barcode that picks up the number, okay, of the item, and also you have your card on you. You have an Amazon card, and automatically Amazon knows it was you who purchased the item and charges it to your account. Isn't that cool? Where did the manager, the assistant manager, the salespeople go? They're out of jobs. Everyone's going to be out of jobs because I can't blame uh Corporate America, these companies, they, they're trying to save money. They, they're trying to make money, a profit, and it's turned into a situation where we're forgetting that people have to work. So we have to find other jobs for these people, but no one is talking about it. No one is planning. The government isn't planning. It's been estimated in the same article uh, involving Amazon Go stores, it's been estimated that millions of Americans will be out of work within five years. Now, I want to talk about companies that go overseas now because this is a lack of jobs, too. We're going to China, to Chinese factories, and I'm only going to talk about certain factories that are producing the Christmas toys you will purchase for your children and grandchildren, Christmas toys. Uh, (laughs) This is jobs overseas, and these toys are being made in China for the Christmas market, and the companies and toys involved are Mattel, Mattel's big, uh, Barbie dolls, uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, Hot Wheels, Happy Meal toys for McDonald's, (laughs) from new DreamWorks movie, Trolls, all right. Uh, Disney, they make toys over there that, that sell, come back here to sell in the U.S. Fisher Price, okay, Learn Me with Zebra. All these toys that you are purchasing now for your children or grandchildren for Christmas gifts or from Santa Claus are being made in China by American companies and will be shipped back here for sale. Now, how do we compete with this? Let me tell you what they're doing how they do this over there, and I don't know how the hell we're going to compete with the way this thing works, and it makes you wonder if you can blame corporate America from going to China to produce goods. These toys will be heaven for the children. It's a world of misery for those Chinese people working in the factory to make these items. First, working conditions. And and this is for all the companies over there. And Mattel's big. By the way, let me tell you this about Mattel. 65% of their toys are made in China in five factories that they own. 50% of those toys, the 65%, are made in company-run plants, those five factories I mentioned. But 50% are made in factories owned by the lowest Chinese bidder, okay, a local manufacturer, because they they need more toys than they got plants to make them in. 
So that's how Mattel's got a lot of business over there, and they go over there to save money. Uh, I'll show you in a second how they're saving money. But right now, the working conditions, the people work 11 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. They don't go home at night. They live in, like, cells. They're glass sliding doors instead of bars, and 10 people to a cell, five bunk beds. Five bu- and that's all there's room for is the five bunk beds in an alleyway. And it's like a dormitory-type living. So there are 10 women or 10 men sleeping in the bunk beds, the five bunk beds. There is a bathroom on every floor. There is not a shower on every floor. There is not hot water on every floor. China must have a way these places, plants must, must be built. They must have a building code. Uh, every other floor has hot water. Every other floor has a shower. So it's communal. <laughs> whatever they do to go to the bathroom, showering, and it's waiting in line. Uh, the employees are happy, though. And they only go home one night on the weekend, by the way, to see the spouse. Their children are being taken care of on the farm by the grandparents. The employees are happy. They have jobs. They have jobs, okay? Now, the key thing why Mattel and all these other companies go to China and elsewhere is the salary paid to these Chinese workers for Mattel and other companies over there ranges from 86 cents to a dollar eight an hour. Where the hell are you going to get people to work for that in the United States? How can people work for that in the United States? How can we compete with 86 cents and a dollar eight an hour? I, I don't know, and it bothers the hell out of me, and it makes me wonder. What are we going to do? Trump's going to say, hey, I'm going to put a 35% surcharge tax on everything they want to bring back to this country to sell. Well, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know what's going to work. I don't see these jobs coming back for a long time yet, if they ever come back. Again, we have to look. The smart people in this country have to sit down and say, where are places that people can work where are budding, growing industries that will require employees, and let's get our people trained to work there. Because the old ways aren't going to come back. It's going to be different. Continuing with this, things are tough. We've got robots, artificial intelligence coming in. We don't need employees. We're making everything over in China and so forth. The American dream. The American dream is collapsing for young adults. Uh, a study came out recently involved where econo- <clears throat> excuse me involved where economists and sociologists from Stanford, Harvard, and the University of California, and they agreed. They said children today will earn less than their parents. Children today will earn less than their parents. This wasn't the way it was when we had a middle class and so forth. And it's based on income inequality. And because of income inequality, the American dream is going or has gone down the tubes. Now, numbers speak. I believe numbers speak. And there were some statistics, statistics in the report. Children born in 1940, 92% of them ended up earning more than their parents. And this is true, I've got to tell you. I was born in 1935. My mother immigrated from Italy, went to the third grade. My father didn't finish high school. My father never made $10,000 a year in his life, okay? And that was his dream. 
Uh, and I went out and became, in effect, a big shot lawyer making a lot of money. However, children born of parents in the 1980s, okay, only 50% of them will earn more than their parents, a major drop. I don't know what's happened since the 1980s because the report didn't touch on that and why I do not know. The problem boils down to is the concentration of wealth in the top 10%. We talk 1%, 99%. In reality, it's 10%. We have no middle class. And without a middle class, the children will not be able to earn more than their parents did. This is sad. Some of them, a lot of them, will not even be able to get jobs if the present trend today continues where they can't find jobs after graduating from college and spending all that money. Okay, I want to talk to Bob Banks. I'm in the United States tonight (laughs) because we're doing a lot of things wrong. The banks, I have said since 2007, 2008, that the banks are whores. You cannot disagree with me. They are whores. They gave us 2008 and all those mortgage foreclosures, people losing their homes. But our government, with our tax dollars, bailed out the banks because they were too big to fail. And no one from the banks ever went to jail because our government said the banks are too big to prosecute. This is Obama, Obama's attorney general, Holder. Uh, I never bought this theory because the banks were screwing the people but made whole and walking away while the people who bailed them out, millions lost their homes for itself. Now, the banks are still cheating and stealing. Look at Wells Fargo. The last two or three months we've heard all these stories about Wells Fargo where they're opening accounts for depositors who already have accounts, making new accounts uh, to meet quotas and so forth, and charging them when they, 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 they don't have any money in there or they overdraw on an account they don't even have money. They didn't even know they had. I don't know how it worked. Or they couldn't pay the timely fee for keeping the account open. Uh, and, and now it's just announced this past week. They found another problem with Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, in addition to all the other bad things they did with depositors' money, has, was also buying life insurance. I'm laughing. I can't believe this. They were buying life insurance for their depositors out of the depositor savings and checking accounts. Would you believe this? All of a sudden, you got a $100,000 policy or a $10,000 policy. You didn't know about it. And you probably never would have known about it because you never got a policy, all right? You never had an examination, uh, and you didn't see the money being moved out of your account because people don't pay attention to their statements the way they should or the way they used to. Now comes Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, the biggest bank in Germany, mighty, mighty bank. They've just agreed to pay in a civil lawsuit $38 $38 million, listen to this, this is a Trump word too, for rigging the silver market. They rigged the silver market. They controlled, they manipulated the price of silver sales. So the bank made a lot of money as well as certain other banks. This $38 million is a drop in the buckets. 
It's in a civil lawsuit. There are many more pending. The government's not going after them because Deutsche Bank is their biggest bank. And Deutsches had been having trouble the last couple of years because of the Euro Union uh, loans that aren't being paid back or aren't being paid back timely. But with all this crap going on, I've been waiting since 2008. That's how many years? That's eight years for someone to, from the from a bank to go to jail. I want a major officer from one or two or three banks to be indicted, tried, and if convicted, go to jail. This crap would stop right away because none of these guys want to spend any time in jail, give up the perks of the golf trips, the lovely homes, the, 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 the private jets, the yachts. And that's all we got to do is put two or three of them in jail, and the problem's over. But no one listens. want to speak briefly about Rex Tillerson. Rex Tillerson. There's a bit of hypocrisy in what I'm going to relate to you now. He is the CEO of ExxonMobil, the designee by President-elect Trump to be Secretary of State. Big job. Big man. He's been CEO there for I don't know how many years, 15 years or something. Uh, He makes a hell of a lot of money. His company, I think, is the 15th largest in the world, ExxonMobil. He's also, remember, this is his oil company. is one of the ones that gave us $4 a gallon gasoline. I can't forget that, and I hope you never forget that. But let me say this. I think this Rex Tillerson will be a good Secretary of State. Uh, George Shultz came from corporate America, Bechtel. He was Secretary of State under Reagan. Did a hell of a job, all right? My only concern is because this Tillerson is good friends with Putin and everybody else, and his, his gas lines and oil lines and financial arrangements with Russia, they've done, they're in on joint oil deals. Uh, I hope it doesn't affect his judgment and screw the American people. It's got to be said. Uh, Now, I still haven't told you what I find is funny and it's bothered me. His company, ExxonMobil, supports fracking. You know, fracking where they now take the stones and they squeeze them and they run water over them and they get oil and gas from that. And it's the fracking that's made our situation with regard to gas and oil go from bad to good because we've been fracking the hell out of our country for the last four or five years, and now we export more oil than we import in this country. It has helped us. And Rex Tillerson is very supportive of fracking, obviously, because it helps his company. They're making a ton of money. He supports it except in one place where he lives. This is funny. He lives in Bartonville, Texas. He lives on 83 acres. Estimated to be worth $5 million, it's a horse farm. He has joined with neighbors, and he is suing to prevent the construction of a water tower, okay, a water tower, and the purpose of the water tower is to store water for fracking because they're going to frack in his neighborhood, and they don't want it, he and his neighbors. Their lawsuit papers say, that fracking will devalue their property, and that fracking will impact the rural lifestyle they enjoy. Which, by the way, (laughs) is what everyone says who's been fighting fracking all over the United States. But he's been pushing fracking 
forcing it, imposing it on localities, states, counties, where people didn't want it because they could do it, but not where he lives, not in his backyard. The fracking revolution cannot proceed, Tillerson says, in my backyard. There has to be a bit of hypocrisy. Now, the, uh, the there was a you know black guys are still getting beat up. I, I don't care how you cut it, they're still getting beat up. Uh, the place is East Point, Michigan. A black fellow by the name of uh, Frankie Taylor was arrested on a drunk driving charge. Uh, when he was in the police station, he asked. Two questions. Why am I being arrested? May I make a telephone call? The records indicate he didn't raise hell, yell and scream. He just said, I want to know why I'm arrested because he didn't think he was drunk. And may I make a telephone call? A police officer took him and strapped him in a chair. They sat him in a chair, physically strapped him, ankles, uh, wrists, arms, and chest. Okay? And then one of the police officers put on blue gloves, which I assume are contained lead or some kind of metal. And this one police officer beat the hell out of him, kept hitting his head with those weighted gloves. And even after Taylor was unconscious, he kept hitting him in the head. The guy's bleeding like hell. Uh, They didn't give him any medical help. They threw him in a cell for 24 hours. And he only got medical help when they went to book him. When he came to, they have to take his picture when they book him, and he was a mess, so they said we better get him to the hospital. The result of this attack is he's blind in one eye. Now, all this sounds fine, and it's not based merely on the testimony of Frankie Taylor. It's based also on the video. There was a video in the room where he was beaten. The police officer, he must be an idiot, forgot there was a video, and the video... The video convicts the police officer easily. Uh, And it it shows on the video, the police officer, this is after Frankie Taylor's unconscious. He's yelling at him as he's hitting him in the head, stop resisting, stop resisting, all on the video. Now, this is bothering me not just because these things keep happening. He has a civil lawsuit now, but here's what's bothering me. This happened in August of 2015, August 10th, 2015. Why are we only hearing about it now? Where was the media with this one? I Googled. I Googled Frankie Taylor, East Point, Michigan. I Googled this whole thing that happened. I found one and a half items on it. That's all. That's all. One and a half items. Nobody talked about this. Apparently, it didn't hit the local newspapers there. It didn't hit the national uh, newspapers. And that's what's wrong. We, we, these things have got to come to the forefront. And I blame the media for a lot of things that happen in this country because we now get, in my opinion, and I've talked about this at length before, we get selective news, selective news. And so he's got a lawsuit pending. I couldn't even find out. Uh, I didn't have time today. I just went to the Internet. I don't know if they dropped this DUI charge or it's still pending or what. This is America in 2016. My friend down there, Nicholas Maduro, I have been following. I tell you this almost every week. I've been following him for three years because one of the first things that happened when he took office was he lost. 
No, they ran out of toilet paper, and they've never had enough since. They're starving down there. They eat every two or three days. Uh, now, in, inflation's way over 750%. Uh, the banks are going broke. And he's been making rules, Madero, how banks are going to work now. And now what they just did, they took their $100 bill, which is a Simon Bolivar bill, okay? Uh, today, it's only worth two cents. The $100, their $100 bills were two cents American money on the black market, and they devalued it. And they, they devalued other type currency. You got five days to bring it in and get a new bill, and the new bill is going to be something like 20, it's 20,000 Bolivar. It's a 20,000 Bolivar bill, and that bill is only worth $5 today when it's coming out. They're in deep shit trouble. He's trying to save the banks from going under. He's trying to save the country. He's doing a lousy job. I again say I do not know why these people do not revolt. That's the show for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed sharing my thoughts with you. Uh, I look forward to being with you again next week. The show is archived, and I know many of you listen to the show in its archived version on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and it's linked also to my Key West Lou website. Uh, I do a blog every morning. As soon as I get up, 6 o'clock, I'm at the computer. It's a daily blog called keywestlou.com. What did I do in Key West the day before? And some of my thoughts that I share with you in, in this evening show. I think you might enjoy it. Look at the blog. It's read worldwide. Uh, and that's it. I, again, thank you for joining me. Look forward to being with you next week. <laughs>